Yep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of Dudes Who Like Movies. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Alec. And, um, yeah, we've been gone for a little bit. Uh, we missed some movies over, this, over the past couple months, mainly just because uh, we've been busy, and um, I got a new computer. Well, my family, well, my wife and I got a new computer and for now, so we're going to use this. And, um, yeah, we just didn't have a lot of time, the holidays, plus with work and all that. So, anyway, but today we're going to talk about 2021, and we're going to talk about our favorite movies of the year, our least favorite movies of the year, and movies that we thought were okay. Um, so, we did a little bit different. Alec has a top five worst and a top ten best. I couldn't think of enough movies for each one. <laughs> so, I, I kind of did a little bit differently, and um, but we'll get into it. So, we're going to do the worst movies of 2021 first. Alec, do your uh, bottom. So do five, four, and three, and then we'll both take notes on one and two, because I got a one and two. All right. For my worst, my my number five worst, I put F9. I did. I haven't seen it. I should point out. It. Yeah, you haven't even seen it, but just because it's Fast and Furious, I've you hate seen it. bits and pieces, but we all know it's Fast and Furious. It's going to be bad. I mean, I don't was, remember, but I think the, I, it was that, that that assassin woman came back into to Dom's life, even though he was just living a peaceful existence, just you know, doing his thing, and then it, it would just turn into nonsense and just up close cuts of muscle cars, like it was an action movie that was not good. I I just didn't understand, like, like I get it, the whole thing where. You never, if you live that kind of lifestyle, it's always going to come back to haunt you. But the fact he was just off the grid and you still went looking, just instead of doing your thing, you still went after him. Like, come on. I did hear that oh, apparently it, this is the movie that like kind of broke the franchise. Like, even everyone who liked the franchise was like, yeah, this one is it's jumping the shark. It's too too stupid. Well, also, right? because it's because Dwayne Johnson was in it because he got into a big feud with um Vin, with a Vin Diesel. Well, I heard they go into space with cars. I'm like, yeah, there's no way that's happening. But yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, it turns into nonsense. Well, anyway, what's number four? And muscle cars in space. Come on. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, my my number four uh, for, in my opinion, worst was Candyman. It just... I didn't see it, but I did hear reviews. Uh, let's not spend too much time on it, but. Yeah, I, I watched it in in the theaters like the weekend actually came out. I saw it with uh, Gabby, Tatiana, and Grace, and I watched it, and I was just like, "This is nothing like the original." Because I remember watching the original, and the whole point of the original Candyman was to defeat the Candyman spirit, to destroy it, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously it was evil. In this one. They, for some reason, want the Candyman spirit brought back and spread around the world in some sort of like, as some sort of like TikTok or viral challenge or whatever, because like they put it on, it gets put on the news and then a bunch of people try it. And, and apparently there's a candy verse mm -hmm. where there's multiple Candymen. I don't understand. Like they, they took this idea like i don't know who direct i know i think jordan peele produced it 
Mm-hmm. But like, what, what, and what in the hell? If you watch it, you'll be as confused as I was, I can guarantee, because the whole point, like I said, was to destroy it. Instead, they, it was actually dormant because no one had knew, known about the Candyman because everyone who lived in the projects where it first had uh, appeared had just kept their mouth shut. Well, one guy, um, this artist in Chicago, he meets a guy who lived in the projects. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the movie. It's kind of something you have to see just based on how I'm describing it. But basically, the guy tells the artist about the Candyman, who then looks into the story and then paints a, paints a picture of it, calls it the Candyman, and then says, oh, yeah, there's a legend. If you say it three times to a mirror, he'll appear and you'll die. Uh, and some idiots try it. And then a bunch of people end up getting killed. And then it gets put on the news. And then the Candyman's just out there. And it's supposed to be apparently a good thing. It's not. He's a he's a he's a murderer. <laughs> I just. I, it was so stupid. What's number three? It was so stupid. Oh my god! My number three, unfortunately, was Halloween Kills. I I liked the, the first one, the reboot, the first one where they right after the original movies in the seventies. Yeah, I like that. Well, with this one, it just felt like murder porn. You know, you know my thing with like, that movie, it, it again, I'm going to defend the movie just because it's a it's a Michael Myers Halloween movie. So if you want to see Michael Myers kill people, that's what you're going to get. Story wise, yeah, it feels kind of just like a bunch of filler. So I'll give you that. But yeah, that, that's that's the only thing I have. That's the issue is where it's like. It, you know, in that one, in the first, the first reboot, they had a, a story to it, where they're preparing for his return, and there's all the, there's some kills, but the most part is that it's about you know her confronting the past, Michael escaping, etc. In this one, like with the fireman in the beginning, and then um, uh, what's his name getting his head stomped in, it, it's just like you know, I remember the killer kills- killer. I remember the kills in that movie than I remember the actual movie. So, but yeah, see, that's the thing. But now, I guess I'm gonna get that. I, I mean, what? Sorry, I, I was gonna go ahead and move on to my runner-up for worst movie of the year. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do yours. Okay, so I mean, I'm just gonna say this without sorry because I, I was debating putting this on my worst list, but I didn't hate it. Um, Black Widow, I was bored, so we'll put it like that. Anyway. Um, so wait, was my number two the same as your number two? Because I think we had number one at the same. Okay. We had, we both had the same one and two. <laughs> okay. So number two, and this is for both Alec and I, was the Home Sweet Home Alone reboot thing. And I want to make this clear because I know people who like that movie. It's not, what? it's not the worst thing in the world. And some effort was put into it. It's just, you ne- the plot there the is plot no redeeming there is zero redemption they make the villains of the movie who aren't really villains they make them like you you like them which in their defense they, they is different even, they aren't bad people it's different so then when the kid starts beating up on him you're just like it's supposed to appeal to the kids you're just like saying classic Tom and Jerry crap yeah because yeah. like it feels like the kid's a psychopath because it's like 
it's not like this, they're the sticky bandits or, or they're they're not you know uh, um and they don't even Marv and um, they don't establish what? the kid as be, having a good relate or a bad relationship with his family beforehand they're just all busy or something and then um yeah yeah it, it, it unlike like where kevin McAllister was like and maybe i should get a new family why don't you ask santa for one you know i don't like you i hate you i hate my cousin instead there's a very caring and like close-knit family but just make a mistake somehow by leaving him and then don't notice it's like you're not going to check the car anyway but i mean and, and the also kid gone inside it, it, he just it, fell asleep in the car it's a modern movie so like telling me this kid don't have a cell phone like it's just I, I put into it very young kid, the actors, but still the actor's did good with the material. I just think that the whole plot was just unnecessarily. It could have been, as you were, we were talking about before this thing started, it could have been solved in three minutes if they would literally have just said, Oh my God. Yeah. Did you if take the doll? Said, hey, we're not here for you. We just want our doll from the very beginning. Or not even that. When they saw him at the church, they could have said, Hey, Matt, Max. Hey, Max, did you take, did you take a doll from our house that looked like so and so? could have been solved right there yeah literally could have been solved but instead they the fam the, the not the family the the mom and the dad jeff and um i think it was hannah was the mom's name if i remember i right. don't know they're like oh yeah let's just break into his house while we see him at the church it's like stop it you know what you can do here he's he's not unapproachable so here's the thing my number one worst movie of the year the home alone it's not mean-spirited i would say and it wasn't like offensive like the number one movie is because because like home alone the re the home sweet home alone it tried to like kind of capture the old spirit and it wasn't just like oh hey here's kevin McAllister, here's you know all these things number one space jam a new legacy was oh offensive that movie because that movie was grossly offensive. Just saying offensive doesn't even do it justice. That movie, it oh, was just, God. it was one big circle jerk for Warner Brothers. Like, hey, we have LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, but hey, you like Game of Thrones, right? You like Harry Potter. You like The Matrix. You like uh, it was also, it was like, And then also, it was a, it was a kiss-ass uh, thing for uh, LeBron James where, like, the algorithm, who's played by Don Cheadle, is like I need. I's like I want to spread my influence around the world. How am I going to do that? Instead of going for someone like you know with like uh, Kim Kardashian who has like a hundred million followers, or someone he's like like a, like, a, like, like an influencer or something. You know, I mean, I guess LeBron yeah, James is an influencer, but instead he he picks one person in the entire world. He's like, I want King James, who's a He's a social media superstar, a basketball legend. And then he calls him King and his son Prince throughout the entire movie. Every reference he makes to him, he's like, oh, hey, King. And then he sees his son. Oh, oh, what's wrong, Prince? And it's like, these people are royalty. Like, I, I don't understand. And then on top of that, he just, LeBron James doesn't have like the reach that you think he does. Like I never understood that the entire thing. I guess for the movie, but if she, if he, the the Don Cheadle really 
wanted to. Like you were saying, go for an influencer. If he had just taken over uh, Kylie Kardashian, who has like, I think 64 million people on her thing, he would have had a much bigger reach. Yeah, I think I, LeBron James has like 15 to 20 million. So you're getting quite, not Granted, he's probably the most, granted, he's probably the most influential basketball star, but I mean, it's like, why do you need a basketball person? But exactly. I, I also but like you a basketball player, but still, like, it's like, damn. In the movie, it's like Bugs goes and gets the other Looney Tunes, but like, why do you need the Looney Tunes when you can go get Superman? You can go get the Iron Giant. You can get all these things. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it makes it made sense in the original one because, because they the didn't aliens were going to take them and enslave them if they didn't win the game. So they needed like the best basketball star in the world, Michael Jordan. Whereas in this one, right, it's, uh, it's an AI. LeBron James needs uh, help, so he finds Bugs Bunny. Yeah, sure, Bugs Bunny, but like, it's like they just get the link to it because it's Space Jam. It's it's annoying. Yeah, because they literally could have because because this one made it clear that they could use other Warner uh, properties because even the audience was all Warner Brother properties. And they didn't they even could like have, make an effort. They they just had a guy dressed up as the penguin from Batman Begin or Returns and they had um a guy dressed up as Pennywise. It's like why? Yeah. Oh, and they yeah, took out one gone. thing. We didn't look like Starsguard. Well, and and yeah. I remember one person made a point which I agree with. It's like Okay, they took out Pepe Le Pew because he's a, a, a very sexually aggressive, and I understand that. But at the same time, they they kept in the the guys from A Clockwork Orange who are literal rapists. It's like really, yeah, they had that whole scene where they're they're singing singing in the rain as they're about to rape a woman. Yeah, that's. I think it's it's because they're doing it's because they're doing references. That yeah. is the whole point. That like, movie what, is what just to be a reference to Warner Bros. What kid going to go see Space Jam to see Bugs Bunny is going to get a Clockwork Orange reference? Also, what kid is going to understand who LeBron James is? I mean, okay, yeah, kids could probably understand who LeBron James is, but I don't know. Well, well, I guess how there many, was only kids, how many kids are watching basketball nowadays, though. Yeah, there were like, only two things in that like, movie that made me adults. only two things in that movie made me enjoy, like laugh, which was Rick and Morty and then Big Chungus. That was it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, those are actually were kind of, those are a little out of place because I mean, for me, I was just like, "Isn't this a kids movie?" But all right, whatever. Shoot, shoot. Well, anyway, um, and then so some honorable mentions I have because I saw them, but I can't in good conscience put them as a top ten. You know, um, mm. I you know I liked Halloween Kills. We already talked about it. Um, mm. Jungle Cruise. I saw that at a drive-in. Um, with another movie that we'll get to later that I really wanted to see. So we had to sit through Jungle Cruise first. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be because I had no desire to see it. But, you know, The Rock is good in the movie and, um, you know, you enjoy while you're watching, I guess. But, um, you know, it wasn't great. wasn't the worst thing I've seen. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, that movie was basically just lacking in the story department because the actual fighting between Godzilla and King Kong was really good. But then... They get into the whole thing with the the middle of the earth or something, and oh hey, King Kong is where he rules. And I don't remember what any of that was about. Besides, oh hey, they went to the center of the earth. What happened? But oh, <laughs> and then, I want to see that. But, so this movie, I had the hardest time because I was going to put it in the top ten, but I just can't in good conscience. Um, the Matrix Resurrections, and 
I'll explain. That movie, it was not nearly as bad as some people think it is, and it's not nearly as good as some people think it is. It is literally the most mediocre movie ever because they tried to put some effort into it, and like when you understand the story, it like when when the story starts to unveil itself and you understand what's going on, and they understand what happened to Neo and what happened. You know, I mean, it's not a big surprise. Trinity's in the movie. It's like what happened to them you okay once it gets into that stuff you're like okay I'm, I'm on board with this but before that it's just like you know neo is in the matrix and they make him think that you know oh he's just a guy and long story short they're, they're doing the end jokes that every friggin' reboot does nowadays where it's like oh we're gonna make a reboot we're gonna you know what's the problem with reboots we need to do something new we need to do something fresh that people are gonna like and they're talking about that for like a half hour and i'm like shut the hell up because i just i hate when they do that <laughs> But we get it. You're making fun of the factor in a reboot. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. I hate when they when they are self-referencing the fact that they're in a reboot. It's like stop. Uh, Which but is Keanu what Reeves, they also did in Home Alone. Just saying. Yeah, <clears throat> Keanu Reeves was really good in that movie. I don't think he is. He ages like fine wine. We'll put it like that. And um, yeah. it's funny because he was all John Wick when he's in the Matrix. But when he's out of the Matrix, he got the he's all bald and crap again. So it's, it's kind of cool to look at. But anyway. Um, also, considering the Bill and Ted reboot, he does need to keep his facial hair, though. He was just def- definitely better than the Bill and Ted reboot. But anyway, um, I did want to mention, I did not, I really didn't think too negatively of the movie when I saw it, up until the literal end credits. And this isn't even a spoiler, but you know how at the end of the first Matrix movie, he becomes the one and he, you know, fights the bad guys and he he leaves that menacing message on the phone, you know? And then yeah. he, he flies off and you hear um, Rage Against the Machine, right? Like, I think that's one of the best movie endings of all time. Um, I think the song's perfect. I think the ending's perfect. And so at the end of this one, this isn't even a spoiler, the end credits, they do the exact same song, but it's a cover band. That pissed me off. I was like, why? Why don't you just... They can literally get the rights. <laughs> like, why don't you just do the original song again? Like, it could have been the exact same song, it would have been fine. Because in the second Matrix movie, they had a different Rage Against the Machine song to end it, which I was fine with. But I'm pretty sure Rage Against the Machine would have been like, yeah, you can use our thing. I mean, (laughs) I don't see them saying no if they've already done it twice. Yeah, it's just incredibly, incredibly, it it frustrated me. And it was was a cover by that band with the, the lady who peed on some guy at a concert. So I was just like, yeah. Excuse me? I'll talk to you about it later. I don't want to get into it. But yeah, that's the only thing about that movie I didn't, I really actively hated. But anyway, uh, so what are your number 10 and number nine? Because I like, I have a top eight. We'll put it like that. So what's your number 10 and number nine for best of the year? Number 10, I said, even though a lot of people didn't like it, I saw it with Lily and Gabby. It was Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. It wasn't like it wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. It it had some weird plot to it, but it was an enjoyable movie. I thought the CGI wasn't half bad. I thought that you know it made me think about who the actual villain was or was gonna be. Like you don't you don't really think you know who the villain is. Like in the beginning, you think you know. Then the beginning, it's the father. He's obviously the villain. Well, turns out, spoiler, he's not. Well, 
Yeah. I thought it was just one of those movies where I could sit back if I just want to have like a good time, an action movie. It's something I could turn on. And I really appreciated that about it. And like I said, the CGI wasn't that bad. And then also it, it's cuts where it, sh- it shows that it's a Marvel movie with the Doctor Strange portals and all that stuff. I thought that was cool. I, I thought the scenery was nice in some scenes. Um, I, it was just, a, it was an all around decent movie. I mean, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to when Lily and Gabby took me to it. Cool. But I, I liked it. Um, my number nine, my number nine, I could not, I swear this came out this past this year, unless it came out 2020, but I swear I saw it came out this year and it was a movie called, uh, two distant strangers. And uh, I swear it came out. God damn. Yeah. Was it? It's got Joey badass or whatever. Yeah. So, ah, damn. I thought it was 2021. I, I I watched it recently and it was really good. I swear it's a, on the release date, 2021, but no, it damn, won an Oscar. It, but it, it it was really good. It honestly was really good. It was a little confusing at at some parts, but it was really good. Oh damn. Anyway. Damn. But um, anyway, that was my number nine. Was that I just I was blown away because I actually didn't think it was going to be as good that good. But I, I saw it had a really good review, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a watch. Sure as shit. Oh my god. Well, um, so my number anyway, eight. My number eight was um, No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, where Daniel Craig mm-hmm. is really good. The story, for the most part, made sense. Uh, really good villain. My only problem with that movie really was that it was super loud when I saw it, but um, yeah, I thought it was a good it was a good send off to go see Bond in. So mm. yeah, the, at least the Daniel Craig Bond, you know, there's going to be more. A lot of people were complaining about, oh, it's uh, a feminist James Bond movie, and I really didn't get that in the movie. I thought that um, Anna Diarmas, she was really good, and um, yeah, Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond, and will be until someone proves me otherwise, but. Yeah. Uh, your number eight. My number eight was uh, actually Bo Burnham's Inside special. I heard that. I was thought really that good. was. It was he. He had this one song called uh, "Comedy," where he's talking about the world dying, and he's like, "I don't know what the cure is. It's comedy." And, but I, the thing that sucks, though. He had a lot of other, he had good songs. They're also like problematic, but most people just know that special because of his Jeffrey Bezos song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's catchy. I'm not going to lie, but he, he, he did very good. I honestly laughed a lot in, in this special. Um, he had one where he was talking about um, leading the world. And he said, obviously it should be come for me a suburban white guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, Bo Burnham is a genius. I love Bo Burnham, but that that was my that was my number eight. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, no, I think I think he's really funny too. I've heard really good things about that movie, so I, I you know it's on Netflix. If, I need if to watch you it. haven't seen it, if you I, haven't seen it, and you know the Jeffrey Bezos, give his song uh, "Comedy," and I want to uh, shoot forget the other one I was thinking of just now, 
but get but give his his song comedy in the special a shot it is i think funnier than the jeffrey bezos one well um number seven for me was uh cruella so the thing was a lot of people hate the disney remakes and they're like why give a backstory to a to a villain like this who's really yeah cruella's kind of like in terms of like just straight up irredeemable i'd probably put her like near the top but um Emma Stone gave a really good performance. They really did a good job of like humanizing the character and kind of like just because she doesn't hate dogs in the movie and because she actually has a dog herself. She just it's more about kind of just her descent into accepting who she is, I guess. It's more of a character study of, of Cruella. And um, yeah, the more you the movie goes along, other things are revealed and it kind of makes more sense and you kind of understand that she tries to be a good person but inherently she is that kind of just um what's the word i'm looking for kind of antagonistic person in general so it's kind of a nice little character study and like i said it kind of makes Trill likable which is nice um emma thompson does a really good job as the villain of the movie and uh what's the word uh, his name he played uh horace uh paul michael house the guy who was in um oh my god i'm just the guy who was in uh richard Jewel, the guy who played him, I'm trying to think what, what his oh, name okay. is. Okay, uh, he plays Horace, and he was really, really good. Um, what's his name here? Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, I, I could have sworn I was like, wait, because I knew he, he was in a couple movies, he had an American accent. I'm like, wait, is he actually British? Because uh, he gave the accent, he was pretty dang good doing that accent, but uh, he's funny, and yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Cruella. So, you're number seven. I hope I need to see it myself, but I, I think I might have to now. No, I I would recommend um, it if you if you hadn't planned on seeing it before. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, My number. Two. Number seven. The Many Saints of Newark. You know, okay. Movie, I'm actually. I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm watching The Sopranos right now for the first time, and I'm in season mm-hmm. two, so don't spoil anything. But I I do plan on seeing that afterwards. This this the whole thing about this movie is like you think it's a Tony Soprano origin story, it's not, not in its entirety. the The movie deals with Tony Soprano during his childhood and his teenage years, but it's more about his uncle Dicky. He the whole movie is basically his, uh, not his life, but his his role in the mafia, and. Mm-hmm. and it was kind of complicated because like there's a whole lot of things that are happening um it, the backdrop is the 60s uh, during the newark riots where um i believe it was i forget what happened where i think it was a, a black guy was killed by the cops i forget what was what had happened um but it set up a whole bunch of riots and it set the italian mafia against the uh the black mob uh they all had like an all-out war against each other and there was one scene in particular that kind of like squeamish and it was called the torture scene. And it was where Dickie and his crew pull up on a, on this guy who was trying to find out, I believe it was who sent out a hitman, mm-hmm. and he was like trying to get him to talk. Well, he takes that thing, you know, to rotate your tires and he puts it in his mouth and he turns it on and breaks all the guy's teeth. And you see him spitting up blood and teeth. And then eventually he tries to get away, but then one of the guys from his crew shoots him. 
and it, it just kind of made me scream or squeamish because he put it right in his mouth and you could see him turning and then you see his teeth and the blood just start coming out it, it, was, it was crazy but I don't want to spoil the movie because it, it just it took a turn that I was not expecting because there's a lot of references in there like I um, I'm not going to get to what, what the, the turn is but it, the ending of the movie, I feel, because like a lot of it was kind of meh, you know, it felt like a lot of filler, because it's not not Tony Soprano, but the ending of the movie, I thought was fantastic. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to. If do you want me to tell you what the ending is or no? No, I, I no, but. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fair, fair enough. But the the ending, it, it's a very touching scene. I'm just gonna say it's over a casket, not tell you who's. It's just a very touching scene, and it's a callback to the beginning of the movie. And I just it, it tied it all together beautifully. Uh, number six for me was uh, House of Gucci. Did you get around to seeing that? I didn't get around to seeing it because by the time I actually had free time, I was out of theater. Unfortunately. So, uh, I will say really what carries that movie is Lady Gaga because the story for the most part, like just things happen and you're, you you kind of understand it because the movie is based off the true story of the lady who married um, the guy who was basically the heir apparent to the Gucci fortune. And, mm. uh, you know, through the movie, you're wondering, wait, is she a gold digger? Is she not? And, and she, it's very ambiguous. And I think Lady Gaga plays that very well because when she, she actively is pursuing him, and you're thinking, okay, there's no way she's legitimately interested by this guy. She just, because like when she finds out his name is last name is Gucci, she, her eyes widen. So you understand what kind of what's going on in her head. But at the same time, you're not sure exactly if it is like she actually loves him or she just wants the fame and, and the power. And yeah, Lady Gaga does a really damn good performance. So does Al Pacino, Adam Driver, really good. People hated Did their... They, what? Didn't the lady that that was portrayed by Lady Gaga sue because she said that that was an inaccurate depiction? I don't know if she sued, but yeah, I mean, presumably she, they, she didn't like it, but anyway. Uh, Jared Leto's in the movie. He's in really heavy makeup. He's okay, but he's kind of just like the he's there to be laughed at, you know? So, mm. but overall, the story is not what carries that movie. It really is Lady Gaga's performance and Adam Driver's performance and just kind of like it really captures the eighties very well. So I, I really enjoyed that. So um, my number five, well, actually, uh, what was, what was your, I'm sorry, what was your number six? My number six was Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's a solid pick. I quite enjoyed that movie. I did too. And when you and I saw it in theater, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised how much I liked it. I thought the callback with the uh, ghost for the fallen comrade was very um i don't want to say not emotional but very very touching because you could just see when all three of them look over and then they're like oh nice you know like bill murray when he's to the very end where he's talking to um to uh oh god i forget her name already the evil goddess um what i'm saying is a lot of people didn't like fan service and yeah but, but it was a good it was good though that's the thing it wasn't over the top you know he was like come on yeah. babe you should do this to his babe and you know they're having a good time 
they're just reliving basically the 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 youth that they had in the original yeah. movies and it was it was not wasn't over the top it was really good see if they make a second one they really 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 need to just like not i don't know how else to, it just it needs to not involve anything from the first ghostbusters besides you know the actors you know what i mean so it, they need to mean. take it in a new direction but this was a really good you know movie that it was brought back touching to fun and it was more yeah it was light years above 2016 ghostbusters but anyway mm-hmm. um let's see here my number five was the suicide squad which it's one of those movies where i saw it once and i'm pretty sure that's all i'm ever going to need to see <laughs> but um it's light years above the as much as i love will smith in that movie i really he's it's light years above the suicide squad from the 2016 or whatever um it's james gunn basically making a marvel movie where he can say the f word and blow people's heads off and show it you know and a mm. word to describe that movie is fun you understand i mean the plot isn't very uh what's the word i'm looking for it the, the plot isn't very convoluted you still understand what's going on most of the time but it's just one of those movies where you go to see it and while you're seeing it you have fun and yeah it's pretty gruesome it's pretty gross but you know there's this whole scene with idris elba and john cena where without spoiling anything they're kind of showing off to each other and it's just it's at the end of it you kind of get there's a punchline, and you're like oh my god really and it just it's one of those movies like i said you're gonna have fun with it and the performances are really good and it's just not over it's not overstuffed with a bunch of bull crap like kind of the first one was so uh what was your number five my number five pick was the last duel i I didn't get around to seeing that i was gonna say we're under the radar for a lot of people and I remember it. There was a thing where Ridley Scott had said no one saw it because they were out on their phones or something. It was, it was some weird thing that Ridley Scott was complaining about why no one went and saw the movie. But like the thing I think he doesn't understand is, you know, this isn't the 2000s when Gladiator was out and people were like, oh my god, so good. You know, people like people aren't as into historical traumas, which is a shame, because when done correctly, like Gladiator. I mean, Gladiator probably was the most accurate depiction of, of a Roman army. I mean, that I've a ever great seen historical drama. I mean, Dunkirk. That was a great one. People went and saw exactly. that. Exactly. That, that's true. That is true. But I think it's because it, when you're dealing with like historical, like World War II, everyone knows World War II. But when you're going back to like a time period like ancient Rome, or in this case, the Middle Ages, uh, it's kind of like you're getting a very, very niche audience. Um, but this movie. It revolved around, uh, I believe it was Matt Damon and Adam Driver. And they and were playing these two nights. Adam Driver what? is accused of abuse. Well, I guess he was raping, raping his, Matt, Damon's Matt Damon's wife. wife. Yeah. This is all and a true story. This they, actually happened, apparently. Oh, did it? I didn't know it was a true story. Uh, I, I, and, then, and then there was a duel to the death. But the thing is, uh, Matt Damon's wife, she wouldn't she was like i'm telling the truth blah 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 well the whole agreement was if i remember right if matt damon won she was vindicated and she was obviously telling the truth but if this is the fucked up part if matt damon was killed by adam driver 
she was burned at the stake. Yeah. That's kind of how it was. Reason. I mean, that was France, yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, the French. Anyway. But anyway, anyway th- I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, it was shot nice. I thought the set pieces were, were gorgeous. Um, it's just a historical drama that uh, I recommend people see. I mean, it's, it's not Gladiator, it, but it's close. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, what, what was your number four? My number four was controversial pick. It was actually the closer. I, I, I like Dave Chappelle. I think he's a funny ass guy. I think there was a lot in that special I thought was funny. And I, I know that the controversy that was surrounding when it came out turned a lot of people off to it, but I just say, open your minds and watch it. I mean, I grew up watching uh, reruns of the Chappelle show on Comedy Central back in the 2000s. And when Dave Chappelle would release specials, I would watch them. I just, I love, I love Dave Chappelle. I'm not, I'm an unrepentant Chappelle fan. <laughs> I, I really think people should watch him um, and understand who he is. He is just a very regular, funny ass guy. Um, he did one joke in there that actually made me funny where he's talking to his friend Daphne, um, the transgender woman who committed suicide. He was saying that her, her set, because she opened for him, it sucked. He was like, yeah, it sucked. And there was a guy, a heckler, because she was laughing really, really hard at Dave Chappelle. He yells, hey, Daphne, did the carpet match the drapes? And uh, everyone apparently started groaning in the audience. And Dave Chappelle just looks at her. And uh, Daphne turned around, he said, without missing a beat, said, sir, I don't have drapes. I have hardwood floors. Mm. And then everyone just lost their shit. And, and I did as well because, oh, my God. And, and apparently the whole thing went on for like 20 minutes. And he was like, damn, you're actually funny. I couldn't tell because your set sucked. <laughs> nice. But, um... it, 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 was, it, was, it's, it was a good thing. I recommend it. Nice. My number four, we already talked about it, but number four for me was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Really, really well-made, loving tribute to the Ghostbusters saga. So uh, number three for me was uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Did you see that? I did not. It was one of those movies where like, you see it and you're like, oh, I hope this is as good as it is. And then you see it and yeah, that was as good as I was hoping it to be and actually a little bit more. It's basically just Ryan Reynolds as an NPC and he learns self-consciousness i guess or he kind of like he he becomes self-aware or not even self-aware he just he realizes something's different in his world so he starts acting like an npc and it kind of sets off a chain of events basically but um yeah i thought ryan reynolds he's one of the most charismatic actors working today i think he's great and sure i mean i don't really want to get into the whole movie i'm kind of being more general with it but no i thought he gave a great performance everyone else in the movie gives a really good performance the story is pretty easy to follow. It's just basically like they're trying to make sure that the world doesn't get deleted. And yeah, it's the humor is, is spot on in that movie. So uh, what was your number three? My number three, we discussed it was Suicide Squad. I, I didn't realize that you'd seen that because when I was talking about it, you didn't really seem to react. So Well, because I didn't, well, because I felt kind of weird because how low you had it. Well, I had I, it at number five. I, you have it at three. Yeah, I know, because like you had it just in the top five. I had number three. I I thought it was enjoyable. I I thought that the, the new cast 
you know, I, I liked Will Smith as Deadshot, but he was the only good thing that carried the 2016 movie, by the way. Yeah. But with this, with Idris Elba and the, and then with, uh, oh God, the shark character, I thought he was the best part of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Because, like, alone. Yeah. Oh, my God. In the original, you had uh, Killer Croc, who... He was all right. Just, he didn't do much. But in this one, the animal character is like the bomb. Like I remember when he ate that guy. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just think it was a much better movie. I, I think James Gunn outdid himself. Honestly, it was a summer blockbuster, and I, I, when I got around to watching it, of course, like two months later, I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah. I, I saw it one time, like you, like you, and I think that's all I'll need. It's pretty damn good. Well, anyway, um, what, okay, so number two for me was uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I thought it was a huge improvement over the original Justice League that came out in 2017. Um, yeah, it's four hours long, but it really gets into the developing the characters because if you didn't, there should have been a Flash movie before this movie came out. There should have been a Cyborg movie. There should have been an Aquaman movie before Justice League, but there wasn't. So they spend like probably a half hour each like total, not like at a time, but like, you know, with all the editing, like a total of half hour each with each character, kind of de- developing them. So, you know, the, it takes its time more with developing the characters and the bad guy, Steppenwolf, his motivation is much more clear in this one because you get to see Darkseid and how he interacts with him and you understand what's going on. Also, uh, Steppenwolf's design is much more frightening and, and scary than the, uh, than the theatrical cut. And yeah, the, I thought that the uh, the music, the editing, I it, like when you compare it to the original, which is impossible not to do, you know, because you're going to compare it with the original. It's just better, you know, like they, they actually put their time and thought into this and you can just tell that the, the first one was just a cash grab from uh, from Warner Brothers. So and apparently they're going to they're rebooting the whole thing and, and it's just going to be ridiculous, but. Like apparently Henry Cavill is no longer Superman, Ben Affleck's no longer Batman, and it's just. And also, Batman. Speaking of that, apparently uh, Robert Pattinson's no longer Batman as well. I don't know what's going on, but Zack Snyder Justice League. I thought everyone in that movie put their heart into it because, yeah, Zack Snyder deserves to make the rest of his movies, but that's just me. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. What was your uh, number two? My number two was actually No Time to Die. Because okay. the reason why I, you know, the only bad Daniel Craig one, I think, was Quantum of Solace. Other than that. Hector is mediocre teetering on bad, but it's not bad. It's not as bad as Quantum, though. No, no, no I'm saying it's, it's not bad, but it's oh, like yeah, teetering on it. Yeah, fair, fine, fair enough. Um, but I, I think with, with this one, Grant, I hated how he got infected. That was probably the only thing I hated because like, it, it didn't make sense to me. The villain had left. We saw him leave, mm-hmm. but then he came back with not knowing that Daniel Craig was there. He literally could have just walked back into an empty building. That's what got me. But I think that the whole thing with the child, I thought that was kind of nice. I thought that 
the send off to him was brutal, but mm-hmm. you know it, it it did him good because he actually was selfless for mm-hmm. once in his life. Um, I think that the callbacks to the original movies, like with the beginning scene with the grave, where mm-hmm. he's told to go back, I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that the whole thing with the gadgets where we got to go see M again and we got to, you know, uh, see the, the car. I love the car so much. <laughs> and that movie in the beginning where it's getting all shot up. I, I thought it was just an overall great movie. I mean, I didn't think it was the best of the year. I, For me personally, just because I'm a big James Bond fan, I, I think that it, it was number two simply for the fact it was Daniel Craig's last and it could have been awful. The story could have just like killed him off in some stupid way. It didn't, it did the role respect. uh, It did the whole thing respectfully and at least sent Daniel Craig's James Bond out with some dignity. Okay. Um, Are you okay if I save my number one for last? Like you can go ahead and do your number one. Dan, I think we might have both have the same number one. Oh man, do we though? No, I didn't. Now, just to just to say it, I didn't see it. I I just know based off of the reviews, the memes, the news story I just read, it's obviously going to have to be Spider Man, uh, the new Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so number one for me is Spider Man No Way Home, and I I'm going to go I'm see gonna, it this weekend. Just saying. Okay, so I won't get into spoilers because I don't want to spoil it for you. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Trust me, I don't care. No, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. Even if you know the spoilers, I'm not going to talk about it here. But anyway. It, uh, fair enough. Okay, so just growing up, um, I, I grew up with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, right? And right. I love Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock. You know, I still like Spider-Man 1 with um, Willem Dafoe and um, as the Green Goblin. And then, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because Doc Ock and the Green Goblin, as well as some villains from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, they are in this movie. And it's, you know, this is in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, but um, Sandman is in it, and so is Jamie Foxx's Electro and the Lizard from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. So kind of just, okay, from a purely nostalgic, kind of like liking to see those characters again, I remember watching Doc Ock and the Green Goblin talk to each other and I just remember holding my wife or talking to my wife I'm like I never thought this would happen and I'm so happy (laughs) and um just on a purely fan nostalgic level it was great but then you get into the actual Spider-Man story of it where he has to deal with the fact that in the last movie his identity has been released to the world and how the repercussions of that and how it affects him and everyone else that is really where the movie shines. You know, like, what, him making mature choices, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but like at the end he makes a choice that is actually very uh, very in line with the Spider-Man character that I really enjoyed, you know, and I just thought that, like we said, give Marvel Spider-Man and they would do right, and they did. <laughs> so, and this movie, it, it just, it upped the stakes because the last one, Far From Home, I'm sorry, it was it bored me. I I've seen it one time and I'm like, whatever. Uh, Homecoming I don't was really good. I, I enjoyed the the one with the vulture, but this is kind of just 
Tom Holland is really good in the role. You kind of just see him get more comfortable. Zendaya is really good. Um, and plus, Doctor Strange is in it. That's not a spoiler. Doctor Strange is in it, and he's really good. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, great actor for Doctor Strange. Just going to say, great pick. And um, yeah, just the way that these characters interact with each other and bringing in the old characters like Doc Ock, you know, and Electro and all them back together. And it, you, you expect it to go a certain way. And then it doesn't. And the way they go, it just feels really, I guess it doesn't feel, because like a lot of people will complain about fan service because they're bringing back these old characters, but it makes sense. And there are actions in this movie that have consequences. And so it really does feel mature, but at the same time, fun, I guess is the best way to say it. So it, it was the most fun I had in the movie theater this year. I saw it a second time, and so so good. I love that movie. I am going to try and see it on Sunday this week. Um, that's why I put it as my number one. I just knew based on everything I read about it, because I also heard it just beat the Titanic at Fox. Actually, Office. I'm going to I'm going to confirm this real quick. Hold on, uh, but I find it interesting. You put it at number one. You haven't seen it yet, but I mean, I yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely my favorite. Well, I, I just know that based on everything I'm seeing, it's going to be good. And, and I know some of the references that were in there, I'm, I'm going to enjoy. Uh, I'm a reference junkie. I think it's hilarious. Um, it's I, I just know. What's that? It's currently at $670 million and it's only $8 million behind Avengers Infinity War, and $30 million behind Black Panther. We shall see what happens to it after. If it can beat Avatar, that's cool. I would love for that to happen, but at least domestically, we're not talking worldwide. We're talking domestic right now, but yeah. Mm. But yeah. like I said, I, I know that this, that everyone loves this movie and I think I will as well. I don't see myself hating this movie. That's why I put it at number one. Yeah. It, it's just, it was the most fun I had at the movies last year and it proved that blockbusters, you know, even with the pandemic, if you make a good movie, people will see it, you know? Mm. And people are going to complain about the nostalgia and blah, blah, blah. But you can't argue the way that they do it. It's very... It's not Tasteful. like... It's not like The Matrix where it's like, remember this? Remember that? And it doesn't do anything. It's just it's like... Totally tasteful. Yeah, it's, it's very tastefully done. And I, I don't know if it's Kevin Feige or the writers or the director or a mixture of all three, but... That was a great movie. I, it's a solid, God, it's a solid ten out of ten for me. I would say like that's. I don't know if this is the first ten out of ten movie I've given on this thing, but I'm gonna buy a copy. Like, yeah, and um, I'm debating if I want to buy the trilogy because I don't have any of the other movies, but I, I'm definitely gonna buy a copy of this one when it comes out. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's our that's our top ten movies of the year. Well, my top eight, and then our <laughs> our worst movies of the year, and. Uh, any particular movie you're looking forward to in 2022, Alec? The Batman. That's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. I I like Batman a lot. I have my brother was got me into it because he was wicked into it when we were younger. I was kind of lukewarm on superhero stuff, but as I got older, I kind of like liked some of it. Mostly the darker, more nitty gritty kind of things. Um, I. And man, I I just think with the villains and the the mix of like the violence and the 
backdrop of a big city. I I kind of like Batman. And with this one, now with Robert Pattinson apparently dropping out, I'm wondering what the hell this is going to be like. You know, because this is his only performance. I I saw it uh, three days ago. I don't know if it's true, but um, of course it wasn't. Of course, it was just a Facebook article, so it could have been false. But yeah, um, I don't see anything else from Googling it here, but. Okay, well, well, I guess we'll find out. But, but anyway, if that's the case, if that is the case, and this is the only Robert Pattinson uh, Batman movie, I am curious to see how he does, because Batman is one of my favorite heroes. The Dark Knight trilogy uh, really set a high, high standard for Batman, and I'm wondering where he's gonna uh, fail, where he's gonna succeed. I want to see if he can outdo Christian Bale. That's my main thing is I know it's a laundry list uh, of stuff he has to do, but I'm confident that if this movie is directed well and written well, that he can do it. Yes. I think the problem with that I'm having with this movie is I just, it feels to me that I just hope it's not too dark, you know, because like, I don't know, it just kind of seems yeah. like it's trying to be like overtly gothic. And I mean, I guess that's kind of how Batman is, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like Robert Pattinson is just going to be depressing. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there should be a, there should be a balance to it. I get what you're saying. There should be a balance between, you know, super dark, you know, people dying left and right, blood flying everywhere and bullets going everywhere. And between like some people die, fist fights, tragedy. Yeah. Like there has to be that kind of balance. There can't just be one, you know, full on, you know, gas to the uh, pedal to the metal, balls to wall of tragedy and bloodshed. There has to be that, you know, balance right there in the middle. Um, let me, let me say this. Um, I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which uh, if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you'll understand it a little bit more. But it so I'm excited because the first Doctor Strange had some horror element horror elements because it was directed by the guy who did Sinister, I think. Um, however, it really wasn't that scary. It was yeah, but this one's being directed by Sam Raimi, like he's a master of horror. So I'm kind of like, make it scary, man. Let's go, come on. Um, do something different and I, you know i love dr strange and he's going to be teaming up with uh, scarlet witch and i I'm, I'm i'm all for it uh i definitely i'm looking forward to the new thor movie as well because it's going to have the guardians of oh, galaxy in it and say what i said yeah love and thunder right yep it's going to have the guardians of the galaxy i'm getting off of marvel though uh, gosh is there what else is there there's the there new well there was light here what? Oh, F. I mean, I'm not excited. I don't know if I'm going to see it or not. There is, okay, but thank you for bringing that up because there's the new Pixar movie. Um, it's called Turning Red. It looks like an original mm-hmm. concept and I think it looks really good and it's apparently going straight to Disney Plus, so I'm, I'm all for that. And then... Do you know what else is coming out? Huh? Apparently. Get this. Avatar 2. Finally. Um, <laughs> it took I do... 13 years. I do want to see the new 
Scream movie. I mean, I don't expect it to be really great, but I want to see it. Um, that comes I, out in a few weeks. Does that come out? Does that come out this what week? About week? Uh, Hold on. Thought it came out next week. Doesn't it come oh, it comes out, out this Friday? Uh, the new Scream comes out this Friday. It's not going to make any money because it hasn't been properly advertised. But um, I didn't even know it was coming. Damn. Uh, what about um, what about uh, Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore? Are you excited for that? I'll I'll see it. I'm not super excited, but you know. I'll see it. Put it like that. Um, Fair enough. There's I'm not new... a giant Harry Potter junkie, but I know a few people who are. Well, you know, Emily likes Harry Potter. I'll, I'll go see it. With. I mean, I like Harry Potter too. I just the last Fantastic Beast movie really bored me. But I heard that it was kind of boring. But there's the I I don't really care for the new Jurassic World, but we'll see what happens. Um, there's the new. There's a Bob's Burgers movie coming out, which I I am okay with seeing that. Uh, the new I heard, and I'm not excited. There is the new Sonic movie. I need to. I, I kind of want to see that. Uh, what else is there? Oh, Spider-Man I want to see the, the new. I mean, so my view of that first movie is it's good. I don't love it as much as other people do, but you know, I'll probably end up seeing it. I Fair do want to see. I do want to see the new Jackass movie, Jackass Forever. Yeah, <laughs> me as well. Me as well, man. Oh, man. I it it um. The you know, trailer was. So it's one of those funny. things where like people, yeah, it's juvenile and it's stupid, but it's still just a good time to laugh at, you know. If you were a child in the two thousands, you will, ha- or even a teenager, a teenager to a child in the two thousands, Jackass was like the funniest fucking thing on the planet like i remember i pissed my pants with my friend Derek cooper laughing when steve-o got launched into the air into a porta potty oh, full yeah. of just i need to rewatch those again but i um oh my god i pissed I, myself I, laughing i really want to see the new the trailer there's that scene in the trailer where aaron um is with a with their, there's a bear and they cover him in honey and salmon <laughs> but anyway yeah so if you were if you were it's like nostalgia because like obviously you know looking back you know ryan dunn he's he's been gone for 10 years bam margera he he went downhill after that incident had happened and you know they're all getting older i mean he's what like 40 something now yeah so i mean so just to see that these guys you know, who are getting over all their addictions, problems, injuries, and coming back to do it. I, I for me, that's just something like, damn, yeah. I have to see this now. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so that's our 2021 recap. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you like this, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all those good platforms. But yeah, um, here's looking forward to 2022. Sorry to if the ending seems a little abrupt, I'm just kind of like, I'm tired and yeah, but those are our movies of the year. Let us know what you thought.